Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, October 25th, 2021. Imagine with me that this Monday you're actually leaving on a vacation. And this vacation is going to involve kind of a a two-hour trip, uh, but then a two-week destination. Now, this two-hour trip is is not going to be fun. You're traveling by bus. And on this bus, uh, all the luggage racks are full, so you're holding all your stuff in your lap and the only all the seats are taken so it is a full bus Uh, but you're stuck all the way in the back of the bus in the most uncomfortable seat with your bag in your lap Uh, nobody on this bus trip has decided to wear deodorant so it's pretty fresh in there and they've got your least favorite song uh, just on a loop Right, that's all the music that's going on in this bus. The air conditioning is not working, so uh, that's going to contribute to the freshness on this bus ride. Uh, it's, it's not going to be enjoyable. But then you're going somewhere for two weeks. Now, this two-week destination is pretty sweet. It's it's right on uh, the co- the coast in a nice, warm, you know, perfect climate. Uh, it is all inclusive. So there's nothing there you're going to have to pay for or get ripped off for. The view from the balcony outside your bedroom is, you know, the stuff of postcards and phone wallpapers. There's a little booth just just down the way from from your bedroom at this resort uh, that 24 hours a day has fresh lobster rolls. And again, it's all inclusive, so you can just swing by and, and snatch one of those and snack on it whenever... Uh, you would like uh, any amenities that you would like, a, a spa or a world-class golf course. It's all there and it's all inclusive. Now imagine that scenario. As you're leading into that trip today, what are you going to focus more on? The two-hour bus ride or the two-week stay at this incredible destination? I would hope that any reasonable person would think, well, you know what? I'm thinking about the destination. I'm going to think about where I'm going to be for two weeks as opposed to something I'm going to have to suffer through for two hours. But as you can tell, this is something of a parable to get us to think about our own lives. Scripture makes it clear that life in this world is not going to be easy, but we have a a destination that is incredible. And our focus needs to be more on that destination than it is on, on the troubles of the journey. And we're going to be reminded of this as we look today and we start the book of First Peter. First Peter 1 verses 1 through 12. And this book is written, it says, to the elect exiles of the dispersion. So these are uh, Christians that have been dispersed and likely, it seems especially from the content, as a result of persecution. So I think it's safe to say many of these people probably experiencing more difficulties than most of you listening to this podcast. Uh, Not to say that some of you might be experiencing serious trials, and and maybe this will be extra encouraging to you. But as he seeks to encourage these 
elect exiles of the dispersion, he says this, starting in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And there we get this, we see these thoughts, we get these ideas, right? That we have an inheritance, we have a hope that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept. Or that's the idea of reserved. Like you have a reservation, and not at some seaside resort. You have a reservation in heaven that will be better than anything you could ever imagine. And not only that, we have the reservation there. We're going to make it to the destination because we're being guarded by God's Spirit. So then we can rejoice even though now, if necessary, we are grieved by various trials. Right? If that scenario I painted at the beginning was true, I'd, I'm guessing that you've got a smile on your face for that whole bus ride because you're just thinking about the destination. And really, as Christians, we should have joy in our lives coming from this life is so temporary. I mean, if we think two hours to two weeks is a big contrast, I mean, how about something that is finite versus infinity, right? The length of your life versus eternity. You can't even compare the two. And that's where we can spend so much of our time focusing on this life, focusing on why it's hard, focusing on the trials in front of me, focusing on the trials I'm in, focus just on the the difficulties of life in a fallen world. When we have an inheritance that cannot be taken away from us. And so there we can rejoice. And also not rejoice in where we're going, but who we're going to be with. Because it's all about Jesus Christ. That's where it ends in verse 7. It says in verse 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And there, really, our joy is not just because it's going to be a cool place with amenities and lobster rolls. No, we're going to be with Jesus Christ for eternity. And that is the best part. And that's why we can love him even now and we can rejoice and not just bear bear with the circumstances. We can have joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. What an amazing thing. Now, as we think about trials, hopefully that passage encourages, encourages us, but we're also going to see trials as we consider Psalm 119 today and we look at verses 81 through 88. Psalm 119, 81 through 88. And this one, it's clear that the psalmist is going through trials. He says that he is longing for God's promise, saying, when will you comfort me? And then he says in verse 83, for I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? 
And so he's going through persecution. And so one thing we should take comfort in in persecution is our eternal destination in heaven. Another thing that we should take comfort in is God's eternal and enduring word. Because in the midst of all that, being saying, I've become like a wineskin in the smoke. He says this in verse 86, all your commandments are sure. You know, they persecute me without falsehood. Help me. But in the midst of all this, I've got your sure commandments. And even when he he feels oppressed, he's saying, God, I'm not going to forget your commandments. I'm not going to forget your statutes. And in verse 88, he says, in your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Hopefully that is something all of us can pray and really seek the Lord in when we are in times of trouble. As we turn to the Gospels now, in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 17, we're going to see an example of Jesus bringing comfort to somebody in a difficult situation. We're going to uh, see him healing the man at the pools of Bethesda. And so here is a lame man, and it seems that there is some kind of superstition uh, associated with these pools that make people believe that they can be healed there. But Jesus has pity on this man who has been paralyzed, uh, it seems, or invalid, it says, for 38 years. Now, think about what you were doing 38 years ago, if you were even doing 38 years ago. Uh, that's a long time. And, and so I think there's some things that point us in this text to this guy's attitude not being great. But before we sit in judgment, and even it's hard to be sure about that, um, you really have to take pity on the intense physical suffering that this guy has experienced. 38 years of not being able to walk. That is uh, way up there on the scale, really, of physical difficulty and physical suffering. But Christ uh, shows mercy to this man. And I do believe there's enough in this passage for us to get the idea that it's. I, I think this man had been paralyzed somehow in connection to his own sin. Uh, and we know that's not always the case. We're going to see that clearly in John 9. It is not always the case when someone is physical suffering that it's a result of sin. But it is sometimes the case. And I think this is one of those cases because of what Jesus says to him in verse 14 when he finds him and he says, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Right? He, he warns this man about sin. And I do think this is not a threat, but it is a reminder that sin is destructive. Sin brings painful consequences. And so we should all, to some extent, take heed of that warning that we, we don't want to sin uh, because there's something that could happen to us. And even seeing that as a, a warning of love, just like you would warn your children not to run out into the street, uh, that you we would be warned of sin and the devastating consequences that it can have. And really, as we go through trials, we should be much more concerned with guarding our hearts against sin than we are about outcomes that pertain to our circumstances. But as we think about really the future and God's ability to comfort, we see some powerful language to that effect in Jeremiah 30 and 31 today. Uh, this is predominantly a book full of a message of judgment, but today we see in these two chapters many words of restoration. We see God uh, promising to 
really bring his people back, uh, that he is going to restore them, uh, that he is going to gather his people. Again, look at verse 10 of chapter 30. Then fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from far away and your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return and have quiet and ease, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with you to save you, declares the Lord. And then in chapter 2, uh, or chapter 31, verse 2, we see him say, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When the Israel sought rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. And then at the end of chapter 31, it speaks of the new covenant where God will put his law within the people's hearts and he will be their God and they shall be his people. And just what a great day that will be and that God will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. And we see this even mentioned, this new covenant mentioned recently, we read about it in Hebrews, uh, really something that I believe has been inaugurated by Christ. Um, and he, we start to see that fulfilled in him because we now through the spirit have the law written on our hearts. Our sin is forgiven. He remembers our sin no more. So I would encourage you today, spend less time thinking about your trials and just the difficulties of life in this fallen world, because it is so short. It is so temporary. Spend more time thinking about your eternal destination. And even let these chapters from Jeremiah remind you just of that good God who will restore his people. And someday we will truly have peace forevermore. Let's look forward to that day. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.